everyone. This is Jonathan Mattis, the sports judge. I'm joined by my good friend, as always, Coach Dante. And I know it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've had a pleasant conversation with you guys. It's been a minute since we chatted about sports. Man, let me tell you, there's a lot of things that's happened uh, since I've been gone for some time. But, hey, I'm back now. Um I, I'm ready to talk sports, as I always do, with my good friend, Coach. Coach, what's up, man? Holler at me. What's going on? Uh, everything going well. Everything going well. How you doing, man? How you doing? You know, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Just grinding, just working hard each day and, and trying to bring some of the best sports content to the audience out there, man. That, that That's it. Yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk some sports, man. Been a long time since we was able to talk sports, so I'm I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause we we got a we got a great show for our viewers tonight, man. We got to get into the Joel Embiid and MVP conversation. Uh man, the conversation has really heated up. Yeah, um, I think it's fair to say that he has uh, run away with the MVP award. I think that that's fair to say that. Um, also, we're going to talk about Jill Biden and this White House controversy that has, you know, created some drama in recent weeks. I feel like there's been so much drama surrounding women's basketball all week long, really, to be quite honest. You you heard me chime in about that the other day as well. We'll get into yep. that. Also talk a little bit about the Dallas Mavericks and their disappointing season and how Kyrie Irving is once again taking the blame for the team's fault suddenly. We'll get into that. And we'll also get into Angel Reese and the the Kate Caitlin uh Clark, you know, BS that took the internet by storm and everyone was pouring onto the internet. we we'll we'll get into that too. But first we got to talk about Joel Embiid, man. And I just did a video on this not too long ago. I, I don't know if you saw it or heard it. Um, and I basically said that Joel Embiid, to me, he's a lock for the MVP. I think that 52-point uh, performance last night, uh, I think that cemented his, his case for the MVP award. I think it will be a real travesty if he doesn't win the MVP award. My stomach would turn. I would vomit if he doesn't win the MVP award because this man has done it in historic fashion. And this was one of the best performances of the season from Joel Embiid. You know, and, and he didn't have much help from his supporting cast last night. He single-handedly carried his team to a two-point victory over the Boston Celtics. I don't know what more Joel Embiid can do to say, hey, look at me. I'm this year's MVP. I'm this year's MVP. I, I, I've been having an MVP caliber season. I put up some MVP numbers. I have put up monster numbers this year. What more does he need to do? What more does he need to do? I, I think he is the NBA's most valuable player. As of right now, he has 
completely separated himself from the rest of the crowd. He has done enough to create separation from the rest of not only the MVP candidates, but sinners as well. Because we know that Joel Embiid has also transcended the game of basketball with his play on the floor. He has evolved, helped the game evolve at that position. And no, centers are not valued like they used to be. They're not valued like they used to be. But this is a big man. This is a seven-footer who can knock down mid-range jumpers, who can sink outside shots. We saw that last night. We, we saw an array of skills was on display last night in that game. And, and I think that's why he was so unstoppable and why he was so difficult to guard because he was making difficult shots himself. And he was making those shots look easy. Coach, you are very familiar with this one player that I'm about to mention. Hakeem Olajuwon. His game reminds me so much of Hakeem Hakeem Olajuwon. When you watch Joel Embiid and the way he moves around the floor and how he attempts shots, that almost emulates the style of play, if it doesn't already emulate the style of play, of Hakeem Olajuwon. Would you agree with that? I definitely uh, agree with that. Um, Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, again, is a guy that had every move in the book, who also can shoot, block shots, very great defender. One of all-time great defenders at that but Kim Elijah won. Uh, just had a trophy named a trophy off of him as well. He's got his own trophy, defensive uh, trophy too. That shows you how great he is being able to carry a team, put a team on his back, able to win two NBA championships without having an all-star on the team. We know Clyde Dressler was on the team, but Clyde Dressler wasn't even a selected an all-star. So it considers of him having not having an all-star and just having the shooters on, on the roster and him just being able to dominate the post, be a willing passer up out of the post, and guys like Sam Cassell and Kenny Smith were able to knock down shots. Joel Embiid, for this day and age, you need help. It's sad. The man scored 53 points, and they they had one, 103. That's sad. Nobody, You're not going to beat Boston in the seven-game series if Joel Embiid have to score everything by itself. And plus, you do got to take the factor that they didn't have a Jalen Brown playing as well. So if Jalen Brown would have played and, you know, the Celtics only lost by two, that's another 30, 30 to 20 points in the lineup that the Celtics are missing right now. So when Joel and B doing that and you don't have nobody stepping up, you can't continue to play winning basketball like that. Just have to depend on a Joel and B. You're not going to stop Joel and B, but Hey, somebody has got to step up, man. Uh, somebody like Tobias Harris, he's going to have to step up and Tobias Harris as a guy who can score, but again, sometimes you're not, you're not, they're not putting them a part of the offense. Like Coach Don Rivers is not putting them a part of the offense. Uh, he's just an afterthought. All of a sudden, he's standing in the corner, 
not doing anything while James Harden and Joel Embiid running pick and pop and pick and roll. You can't win games like that if you're going to be predictable like that. You're especially not going to be Boston or Milwaukee like that if nobody else is not getting a piece of the cake and not getting and not touching the basketball. And uh, Joel Embiid, like I say, he is the MVP of the league. Right? He is the MVP of the league. He definitely showcased that uh, coming back from behind when in Boston. But then again, you look at the game. Joel Embiid needs more help. And he wasn't even happy about the – he was happy about the win, but he said – he was saying in his pregame conference, postgame conference, we need other guys to step up. We can't play winning basketball in the playoffs if I'm going to keep, you know, uh, have to be the playmaker, be the scorer. Somebody got to step up. Tyrese Maxey has been really good this season, but you're going to have to be really good in the playoffs. So good for Joel Embiid, man. Joel Embiid, you know, Joel Embiid is the best, probably the best center in the league. You can argue him and Jokic. Either one, but he definitely deserves his MVP award after this performance. Jokic is hurt. They're gonna uh they just clinched the first seed just uh tonight. So he's gonna he's gonna you won't be surprised if Denver sits some guys down a little bit and rest some guys. Joel and B, no matter what, if he doesn't play another game for this season, he should be the MVP award winner. But the Sixers, you gotta have more than Joel and B. You gotta step it up. So Doc Rivers coaching. He may be on the hot seat. I'm not going to lie, Jonathan. He may be on the hot seat after this. If he doesn't get it done, not saying he's going to be fired. He should get fired. But you should be considering him as a, on a hot seat if he don't get it done. I think this championship is window is closing really, really fast. And Joel Embiid's career is going to be wasted because of, of the coaching ability of Doc Rivers and other guys not being able to step up when it matters the most. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's championship or bust. For Doc Rivers, but we all know the history surrounding Doc Rivers, right? We all know that he is a great regular season coach, but there has been a lot of question marks about can he guide his team deeper into the playoffs? And and look, this is a this is a guy who has a reputation for coaching teams that blow. 3-1 leads are 3-0 leads. We've seen that in prior years with Doc Rivers, right? Like, Doc Rivers can get you there, but he can't finish the job. Now, I understand that as a coach, you're not playing. You're the guy on the sideline, but you got to have these guys mentally and physically prepared. You know, you got to have these guys ready uh, to play. You know, and and there's no there's no way that a team should collapse after having a commanding lead in a series. And that's something that we've seen with Doc Rivers and his teams. You know, and I do agree with you. I think he is definitely on the hot seat. But what they have in Joel Embiid is absolutely special. Joel Embiid is a special player, man. And let me tell you something. He was about as dominant as it as dominant gets from what we saw yesterday. And I I really think the MVP race is over. I really do. Because we gotta we gotta also realize that the MVP award is a regular season award. It's an award given to a player who has done his best work during the regular season. And as what we've seen from Joel Embiid this season, he's a polished player. 
you know, the man uh, did what he needed to do. He couldn't miss shots. He made shots. He made contested shots. He made wide open shots. It didn't matter. You know, the man just scored half of the team's points in an NBA game. It was impressive. And in a 103 and 101 win Tuesday night over Boston, Embiid finished with 52 points on 20 of 25 shooting. It doesn't get any better than that. And, and 12 of 13 from the free throw line. And then he added 13 rebounds, six assists, and just turned over the ball three times. It, it, it's, it's amazing. To just three turnovers, excuse me. Yep. And, and two blocks in the game. He was a plus 17 in a game his team won by just two points. So that tells you everything you need to know, that he dominated the game. And he was able to get any shot he wanted. And that's another thing. He has this soft shooting touch. Just brilliant. It was an extraordinary performance. You know, he propelled his team to victory. And I believe his performance against the Celtics was his best performance this season. No question about it. But given the way the team played against Boston, that is that is concerning. They did get the win, but if you're going to win a, a, a best-of-seven series in the playoffs, you're going to need everyone else on that roster to step up as yep. well. Yep. There's not going to be any margin for error. You're going to need those guys. You're talking about grown men here. You're going to need those guys to step it up, ramp up the intensity, Get out there, hustle after the loose ball, grab some boards, collect some rebounds, make shots. That's going to be the big thing. Make shots. They yep. have to make their shots, and they can't stand around and watch and just, okay, it's all on Embiid. No, it yep. doesn't work like that because that's not going to yep. win you basketball games. And I think they have become very dependent on Joel Embiid. Yep. They're depending on him a bit too much. Yep. And when that happens, we all know how much trouble that can cause, right? Yep. Because when, when you have players standing around and when they become spectators, that's how your team, that's how your team ultimately falls short. Yep. What's up, Daniel? Thanks Looks for good, tuning man. in. We appreciate it. Hope it becomes, well. it becomes really easy to stop you like that when you just out there standing around, just watching James Harden, Joel B run pick and roll all day. Tobias Harris just sitting in the corner, just sitting in the corner. That's not what Tobias Harris normally does. Tobias Harris is more effective playing on a low block, playing in the post and with the ball in his hands. I know he's not a max contract guy and a lot of people beat him up for that. But again, when you have Harden, when you have an up-and-coming maxi, when you have uh, Joel Embiid, basically he's the fourth fourth option. He's basically an afterthought after that point. At, after that point, so again, they're depending on Joel Embiid every step of the way. And again, you don't even have a deep bench. You don't even have a bench. You really don't have a bench like that. So again, you're not deep. You're not deep, you're not deep uh, at all. No. At all. So Joel Embiid, you know, again, he's going to give it all he's got. But again, the Sixers. 
right now, I don't like the way they play. Uh, too much pick and roll basketball with him and James Harden and everybody else just standing around, sitting, standing around every, everywhere else in the corners and stuff. PJ Tucker, uh, he just sits in the corner and just shoot. That's all he does. Or if he's on, if he's even, if he's not even on, he'll be scared. If he's not on, PJ Tucker is going to be scared to shoot the basketball. Tyrese Maxey could complete his own play. I feel like Tyrese Maxey is a guy that needs to step up as well in the playoffs, and I feel like he's going to do that. But, again, it won't be enough because, again, when you play a seven-game series against Boston, they know how to adjust. When you play against a seven in a seven-game series against Milwaukee, those are the two type of teams that's going to know how to adjust. And even Miami, if Miami can make it in, not saying that Miami's going to win the series, not saying they will, but they can make it a tough series. They can make it a tough series. They can extend the series. And you know when the series can be extended, you can get tired for that next uh, opening series. And that's what you may have to see Boston or Milwaukee in that second round. Well, see, P.J. Tucker, man, they brought him in to be a defensive reinforcement. Yep. And it just so turned out that he has been a kind of an offensive liability because they don't really have anyone else that has stepped it up offensively. Mm-hmm. See, they need they need to get more production out of guys like like Melton, uh, yep. uh, uh, Maxi. Those are supposed to be your scores, you know, and they're not scoring the basketball, you know. So yeah, someone's gonna have to step up and be that number two guy behind Joel Embiid because we all know Embiid is prepared to go toe to toe with elite level players. We we know that. We've been seeing it so far this season. But the major the, the major question sizing up for the rest of the season is the is the rest of the Sixers roster and how will this team hold up? How will this team hold up? But it's been an impressive journey for Embiid. He's been he's been He's been that guy for the Sixers. Clearly, we've seen it. We've seen him engage in some tough physical battles this season. You know, we we've seen him you know put push this team to the next level. And now his MVP push has been fueled by his scoring efficiency and it, his pure dominance that we have seen. And 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 I mean, you know, that's what's so that that's that's been the big story for the Sixers. But imagine how better, how much better this team would actually be if other guys stepped up. Yep. And took their games to the next level. Yep. Yep. Now, guys, what's up? What's up, everyone? What's up, everyone? I just want to uh, say hello to those who just joined us. Uh, thanks for watching. We really appreciate it. I see we got Maurice in the building, or we had him in the building. We Daniel uh, has been watching. Thank you guys so much. We're going to get on with the show. We're going to move on to the next topic. We spent a long time talking about the Sixers and Joel and B, but I know it's the big story in basketball, but now, man, we about to move on uh, coach. And, and we're going to talk a little women's basketball because I feel like that's been 
the story all week long. You know, we've been talking about Caitlin Clark, and and you know, Caitlin Clark, she is college basketball, right? She is the face of college basketball, and the girl can flat out play. She's spectacular. We saw that all season. It was a historical year for her. Her run fell short on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Yes, yeah, Sunday against. Yep. The LSU women's basketball team. Now, yep. LSU made a loud statement. And I think the entire country heard them loud and clear because they shot Iowa out of the gym. Okay, Iowa didn't play their best brand of basketball. They didn't play... They they were clearly they looked clearly outmatched. They got outplayed. They got out hustled. Jasmine Carson, she stole the show. She outshined everyone out there. Angel Reese did her thing. But what was bigger than the game itself was what happened in the final seconds of the game. And we all know what happened. What happened in the final second of the game? Angel Reese gave Caitlin Clark the John Cena treatment. You can't see me. Did all this, you know, pointing at her ring finger, basically mocking Caitlin Clark. And I know Caitlin Clark. I I I mean, I didn't know the whole story until a day later. I want to say, and you know, I, I mean, I, I passed judgment on the whole thing. I, I didn't have my facts to the story straight. Um, I reacted uh, sooner. Um, I, I, I should have reserved judgment, but I didn't. Because I didn't know Caitlyn did the things that she did. You know, so if you're going to dish it out, you got to be willing to take it. And and trash talk is something that happens in, in sports. It doesn't only happen at the collegiate level. It happens in professional sports too. Players are going to trash talk. That's part of the game. It comes with the territory. Was what Angel Reese did, was it distasteful and classless? I said it was. I said what Caitlin Clark did when I found out what she was doing out there in prior games, taunting other players, giving uh, other players the John Cena treatment. I I said that that was tasteless and classless. It was wrong by both of them to do what they did. You know. But here's the here's here's the here's the problem that I have with the whole thing. If you're going to criticize someone for doing the same thing that another person did, well, damn it, you need to criticize the other person as well. Because Caitlin Clark instigated this whole thing. She's not in, she's not an innocent little girl. She's just as blameful as Angel Reese. So if you're going to pinpoint the blame on 
Angel Reese, if you're gonna pin all the blame on her and you're gonna and you're gonna make your comments and you're gonna blow up on Twitter and social media, because that's what people did. People took to social media to express their their um their frustration with Angel Reese Reese's antics and her mockery of of Caitlin Clark, but when Caitlin Clark did it, no one said anything. Nothing was said about it. But when Angel Reese does it, and I and I and I'm not trying to make this a black or white thing. I'm just saying when she does it, oh, everyone has a reaction to the story. Everyone is talking about it. Dante, what are your thoughts on this story? And I feel like also, I feel this way. Before I hand it over to you, I feel this way too. It's a real shame that a player's taunt appeals to the masses more than the actual game. Go ahead, say your piece. Well, first of all, I want to just say congratulations to the LSU Tigers, Lady Tigers, um, and Iowa. You know, got they got their ass totally kicked uh, in that game uh, in that second, especially in that second quarter with Jasmine Carson got on fire. Uh, but other than that, you know, I just got to give congratulations to LSU and mark my words when I say this: that team gonna be back. That team has. Had only four seniors on the squad. The rest of them were sophomores and freshmen. So they have a young team. And LSU with Angel Reese coming back for another two years of eligibility. Uh, Kateri Pools definitely coming back. Uh, yeah, Flaje Johnson coming back. She's coming back. They're going to be back next year. They're going to be probably be back there next year on a deep run again. So prepare to see LSU and, and and uh, Angel Reese back there in, in making a deep run in the tournament. So it's Iowa. Kaitlyn Clark got one more year, her last year of eligibility. So they could very much be back. So first of all, shout out to LSU for winning it. All I do, man, I ain't said nothing about this situation. Uh, I talked about it one time with Maurice Stem. Uh, and, like, there ain't number competitive basketball, man. There ain't number competitive basketball. You know, uh, she just got – she got caught up in the moment. She got caught up in the moment. Winning the national championship. You're, that's your school, the first national championship in school history. Y'all think about that. Y'all think about that. People are gonna do it, do whatever they do. They're gonna uh they can do the John Cena. They're gonna do that. But that's just competitive, you know. Kaylin Clark did it, and you know, it wasn't no problem, but Angel Reese does it. It will it will it's it's a problem all of a sudden. But that's nothing but two great players going at it. And Angel Reese let Lynn Kayla Clark, Caitlin Clark know, hey, we here. We 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 here. We ain't finna let you uh, beat us. We ain't finna let you beat us by yourself. You can beat, you know, South Carolina. You can break down South Carolina. But us, we're on a different level. And LSU was on a different level. Better players than South Carolina had outside of Aaliyah Boston and Cordoso. They had better guard play. Uh, they had better shooting all around the board. So it was tough for Iowa. Iowa just had Caitlin Clark alone and a bunch of shooters just standing out on the perimeter. So Iowa – was way dependent on Caitlin Clark a lot 
And you got to give credit to the LSU Lady Tigers for also the ball pressure, the frustration they put on Caitlin Clark as well. Uh, Kim, you know, every, a lot of people don't like uh, Kim uh, uh, Mokiel, something like that. But, again, she kicked – when she was at Baylor, she actually kicked Alexis Morris off the team. She actually kicked her off the team. Alexis Morris came right back from Texas A&M, transferred right to LSU and told her she need her. And what, what Alexis Moore did, she followed that up with a 19-point second half. But these are two competitive players that want to win, that was fighting for the national championship. I'm not mad at Angel Reese at all from doing what she did. I mean, it was competitive. And she was letting Caitlin Clark know, hey, that we are the better team. And, you know, hey, we got it. They got the job done. So, you know, you know either way, either way, you know, uh, it is a problem when uh, Angel Reese did it. But I just take that as two competitive ball players, you know, going at it. And, again, they even said it uh, after they won a national championship. Kaylin Cock is a great player, so they didn't diss her game or nothing like that. Just letting her know, hey, you gotta respect us. And hey, she 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 respect she gonna she's respect them because they're national championships. But again, I just take this as two competitive uh ladies that want to win games that are the face of college basketball. It's just being competitive, just being competitive and want to win. Yep, and it was a high level of competition for sure. Uh, from uh, both teams all season long, really, uh, when you think about it, and 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 you know, Angel Reese is young. Uh, does she need to humble humble herself a little bit more? Yes, I know people got on my case for saying that, but that comes with growth and maturity. Um, you know, and uh, good sportsmanship is always a good thing to have. It, it goes a long way. Um, before I I say what I want to say. Uh, I just want to say hello to Lennon. What's up, Lennon? Thanks for uh, watching. As always, uh, uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, but uh, it, it happened. I think now we can move on from this. I think we got a stamp of approval from Caitlin Clark because Caitlin Clark took the high the higher road, right? Uh, she came out and said nothing but great things about Angel Reese. Uh, she basically said the taunting thing was no big deal um, and that she respects her as a player and, and, and for who she is and, and she stands by her. So if Caitlin Clark is okay with it, then let's move on. Let's forget about it. It's just something to talk about. But I found it more interesting that people were talking about, you know, Angel Reese taunting Caitlin Clark more than they were talking about LSU's gratifying victory. Yep. I, I just I, I just found that I just found that fascinating. Yep. Yeah. I mean that was straight, that was straight domination from the second quarter on. Yeah. It was yeah. straight straight butt whooping. It was straight it was butt whooping. Victory, yeah. sure. it, victory, dominated victory. It was Pretty a bust spank. Yeah, it was a it was a uh put you on your put you on your knees and just take your belt off and just spank you. That's that's just basically yep. how it was. I mean I think, to be honest, though, I think if uh, if somehow South Carolina survived that game, I think LSU beat South Carolina the way they looked against uh, Iowa because South Carolina hasn't saw Iowa's defense all year. And the way that uh, Lisa Bluter uh, played, you know, South Carolina, the type of defense they played on South Carolina, you LSU would have looked at that and they're going to be like, 
okay, we this is how we're going to stop South Carolina. And LSU got way more athletes. They got way more shooters, way more ball handlers than South Carolina does. So I think that second time, they could have beat it. They could have beat it South Carolina if they would have played them. Yeah, LSU looked like a, 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 a deep team. And again, they're well coached. Yeah. They're well coached too. So, hey, yeah. they were the better team. Uh, you know, they 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 spanked the, the heck out of Iowa. <laughs> um, and now we're, we're, we're going to stay on this topic because things got more interesting with this topic as well. Uh, Jill Biden, the first lady. Um, yeah. Man, uh, this one is crazy right here. <laughs> I, I, this is the first time that I've ever heard of the first lady or any first lady or any or any dignitary, I- anyone in the White House, mm-hmm. say the second place team, the runner up, is invited to the White House. Now, how mm-hmm. crazy does that sound? Because <laughs> it, it, it's crazy to me. Why are you giving Iowa an invitation to the White House? They didn't win anything. Yep. Yeah, they they played in the national championship game. They represented their university in the game, but they were runner ups. They finished they finished second. You know, so what are we handing out now? Participation awards? We're saying that any team can go to the White House now. Yep. I think Joe Biden realizes that she made a mistake. Yeah, I, 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 I think Joe Biden realizes that this was not a great move. And it pissed off. It pissed off Angel Reese because Angel Reese made a comment saying that it's okay, we won't visit the White House. We'll go visit the Obamas instead. It's it's a crazy story. Um, and, and like I said, Reese rejects Jill Biden's... Um, um, in, invite to the White House. She she does. She's not accepting it. You know, and because this is like an insult to the LSU Tigers. This is like a slap in the face to the Tigers. What are you? What what are you saying? What are you saying to the LSU Tigers by inviting the team they just beat? Not just beat, but obliterated. Yep. And you're yep. talking about inviting both of them to the White House? Unheard That's of. Funny. That's unheard of. I didn't know. I didn't know uh, going to the White House. I I never saw a team ever in my life watching all of sports that gets invited to a White House for losing a championship or for just doing any type of losing. I mean, you got to give them credit. They made it there, but they lost at the end of the day. And LSU should have had that invite. You know, to the uh, White House, they they are the national championship uh, winners, and they did it. They did it by a uh, uh, butt whooping fashion, by dominating. But again, like I said again, uh, hey, this is unfair for uh, you know Angel Reese. Glad she turned it down. She turned the invitation down, and that is just much more much more deserving. But again, I mean that was that was a obliterating whooping. That was a spank. Beat down and the spanking, however you want to call it. 
Um, it was it was not a close game. It was not a close game. It got out of hand in the second quarter, and it stayed out of hand. It stayed out of hand pretty much throughout the uh, course of the game, pretty much. But uh, then again, like I say, hey man, that's unfair for LSU. They should have been. They should be been at been got an invite. They are the champions, and unless you're a winner, you get invited to the White House. Or now I guess I don't know what how they did it. When they start inviting the people that don't win, I don't know when that happened, but I thought the I White mean, House were the people that won a championship, actually. I mean, it's baffling to me, but I, I mean, I'm not trying to make this a black and white thing either, but yep. Iowa's, Iowa's women's basketball team is predominantly white. Yep. You know, it's predominantly white. LSU's team, you look at LSU's team, is predominantly black, you know. So people, some people made this a race thing. I'm not gonna sit here and make this a race thing. I'm not gonna turn this into a political thing. But Jill Biden, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna sit here and say she doesn't know basketball, but. Yeah. She she also said that both of these teams played well. No, 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 they didn't. No, it was only it was only one team that played really well, and it was it was a, it was a lopsided victory for LSU. So I don't know what game she watched to say that both teams played well and that they both de- deserve an invite to the White House. Why does Iowa suddenly deserve an invite to the White House when they didn't win? Uh, oh, because uh, uh, because of who they have on their team, Caitlin Clark, the girl that outshined everyone all year long, the girl that that got so much hype and so much praise, and that everyone talked about all season long. Is that why they deserve a round of applause? It should be accepting an invitation to the White House. But at the same time, you disrespected an LSU team that dominated the hell out of that Iowa team. Yep. Yep. So that's why Angel Reese and the LSU Tigers are pissed off because you basically are saying that, okay, well, Iowa was just as good as them, and they deserve to visit us at the White House as well. Come on in. Our door is open. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. That's not how it worked. They weren't. They weren't. That, they weren't. Weren't better than them. They weren't just as good as them. Not. Not the way the game seen. Not the way the game results showed. They weren't just as good as them. Uh, LSU uh, has proved that they on another planet. They on another planet than Iowa was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Crazy story. Yep. Crazy story. But now we'll move on. I didn't want to stay on that topic too long because it's just yep. ridiculous. Um, but I just thought that we'll touch on that before we move on. Now we will move on and we will talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Cause look, the Dallas Mavericks, man, uh, they have an underachieving record of nine and 16 since Kyrie Irving was traded over from the Brooklyn Nets before the deadline. Now, a lot of people are going to pin the blame on Kyrie Irving because it's the it's the most irresponsible and lazy thing a person can do, right? Yep. But I'm gonna say this about the Dallas Mavericks: the Dallas Mavericks don't 
don't defend well. They they're they're a terrible team defensively. Yep. They damn near rank dead last in every defensive category. When you look at the when you look at the stat sheet, they're like dead last in everything defensively. Yep. And and trading for Kyrie Irving was weird to me at first. From uh, was weird to me at first because why would you trade for a a ball dominant guard when you already have a ball dominant guard in Luca? That didn't make yep. sense to me. Now I did give the trade the benefit of the doubt because I thought the trade would 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 really work. I I, I really did. I, I thought these two guys can coexist, uh, work together in the backcourt, be one of the best backcourt tandems in the league, and people yep. laughed at me. And they and you know what? They should be laughing at me because it it hasn't it it hasn't benefited the Mavericks at all. If anything, the trade has made them worse. And then you hear Lucas saying that, well, it's not the offense. The offense is not the problem. Well, then, what is the problem then? Luca blames disappointing season on defense. Anybody can score on us. He's absolutely right. Anybody yep. can score on y'all. Anybody can score. He's not lying about that. He ain't lying about it. <laughs> He's correct. He's correct. Yeah, <laughs> you know the team's consistently poor defensive execution has been the problem. It's what has hindered their success is their defense. Yep, and it, and obviously untimely injuries have played a role in this season's disappointment as well. Yep, but the team's poor defensive execution has been the most consistent issue and including you can also add the shortcomings from Luca as well. Luca to me is a great player. He's a top five player in this league. He whines too damn much. He's he's crying to the official about not getting a foul. Dude, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get a call for everything. You you're not gonna get the whistle blown for a ticky-tack foul or just because you feel you got roughed up or, you know, you felt a lot of contact. You're not going to get a call for everything. This dude's over here arguing with the official instead of getting back on defense. You're, yep. part of the, you're, you're part of the problem because you're not getting back on defense because you're on the other end of the floor arguing with the official. Yep. You see that a lot from Luca. That happens a lot. He does. He does. He does that a lot, and it's become it's become the common theme. Theme. It's become a common theme for him. You know. Yep. Yep. And the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, the 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 Mavericks have produced. They 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 have produced poor results. Yep. And and when Doncic and Irving. How shared the floor? They've looked terrible. They've looked terrible. Yep. The offense is 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 okay, but then you have the defensive deficiencies. Yep. You know you have the clutch shortcomings. 
and a list of other factors that that has contributed to the Mavericks' failures in this stretch run of the season. Yep. And then you got Mark Cuban sitting on the on behind the court, shaking his head in despair, in disbelief. Don't know wh- what other direction to go in. You know what other direction to go in? You get rid of Kyrie Irving because he's not going to stay there anyway. You got two ball-dominant guards. What the hell you need two do- ball-dominant guards for? You got Luka. Build around Luka. Get some people who could defend. Add some depth in the front court. That's where they need. That's where they need to get better is in the front court. Get a stronger bench. Get players who are not actually hurt and who can actually be um, available because we all know the famous saying, right? Yep. Availability is the best ability. Yep. You know, but. It's, it, it, it has not been good for the Dallas Mavericks of late. It's been bad. The Mavericks have struggled to execute defensively this season. And, it, 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 I mean, it's not difficult to see why. It's not difficult to see why they traded their best defender. They yep. traded the best guy that could defend. They traded Finney, Finney Smith. He was the best option the team had as far as an arm ball defender and a low man. And now you can't replace somebody like him. And, and that just makes the situation worse. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to give you some numbers from January all the way up to this month of April. I'm just going to, give out the the scores that they have been giving up, that they really been giving up. So I'm just going to start with Portland. When they played Portland, this is on June. This is in, in the month of January. They scored one. Maurice says, and yeah. I, I, hate, I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but Maurice, Maurice says, I hope kid is renting. <laughs> <laughs> so they scored 119 against Portland, but they gave up 136. The very next night, they score 123. They give up 140. The the night against uh at the you played at home against Atlanta. You scored 122. You gave up 130. You gave up 130 in that game. Uh against the Clippers, you gave up 112. Against the Wizards, you gave up 127. Uh against the Utah Jazz, you gave up 108. Against the Detroit Pistons, you gave up 105. Uh against the Pelicans, you gave up 106. Against the Warriors, you gave up 119. Against the uh, Utah again, you gave up 111. Uh, you gave up one, 104, which is not bad against uh, the Clippers. You gave up you gave up 114 against Sacramento. The very next night against Sacramento, you gave up 133. Gave up 124 against the uh, against the Timberwolves. You gave up 118 against the Denver Nuggets. You get you scored 142 against San Antonio, but you gave up 116. Gave up 111 versus the Lakers. You gave up 124 against the Pacers. Uh, you gave a 126 against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. The very next night, you give a 116. You give a 130 to Phoenix. You give a 116 points to the Dallas Mavericks. You give a 113 to the uh, Pelicans. You give up 112 to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Next night, you give up 104 
Uh, you scored 137 against San Antonio, but you know how much they gave up? 128. Gave up 110 against the Lakers. Uh, you gave up 112 against the uh, Grizzlies again. You scored 125 versus Dallas. Guess how much you give up? 127. And this was the best of one of them at all that I laughed at right here because this is one of the worst teams in the NBA. And if you're let Dallas, me guess. It was more than 100 points. Yes. You gave them 117 versus Charlotte at home. At that. You at home. And the very next night you go to Charlotte, you give them 110. Uh, you give them 104 against the Indiana Pacers, which is which is that's okay. But the very next game, you give up 129 versus the uh, Miami Heat. Uh, you give up 120, 119. You give up 132 versus the uh, Atlanta Hawks, and we stop right here. We give up. You give up 119 tonight, which is uh, to Sacramento. So that tells you how they've been losing their games right now. And yes, I agree with our OKC buddy. Uh, I don't want to try. I don't want to pronounce his name because I know I'll butcher it. So I see his OKC uh, profile image there. And yeah. I just want to respond to what he said. He says the Mavericks are inconsistent. Yes, they've been up and down like a yo-yo all year. Um, that's been the name of their game is inconsistency. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with their inability to play defense. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what's been – that's really what's been uh, delaying the process for them and holding them back. And I do also think this too. I think Jason Kidd is going to be on the hot seat. I think Jason Kidd is already on the hot seat. There's been talks that they want him out, you know, and I mean, it's just been a tough, frustrating uh, second half for the Dallas Mavericks. I know Lucas is, is, is frustrated. He's uh, unhappy with how things are going and how things, how things have turned out in Dallas. Um, And it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to change anytime soon until you get guys who can play defense and until you strengthen that front court. I think yep. that's something that the Dallas Mavericks need to work on this offseason. To me, they're, they're not a, a, a great playoff team. They're not a great team at all. Yes, they have a highlight reel, a human highlight reel in Luka. Luka's a top five player. Yep. But when you have a player that good, you got to go, you know, to extra lengths to make sure that you assemble enough talent around that guy and not waste his prime. Yep. Luca, yep. Luca needs another superstar around him. You know, yep. and, and, and I, I saw Maurice comment and and he basically said Luca can't play with other stars. He yeah. can. He um, can't play with other stars. He just can't play with another ball dominant guard. You can't pair him up with another ball dominant guard. You have to get him a big man or get him a, a great small forward. I think he could do well with a couple of wing players. You know, you know, you know who he would do well with? Who? And I know this might sound crazy to some, but if you put him in Boston, you put him in that backcourt with Jalen, with Jalen Brown and and mm -hmm. and Jason Tatum. Now that's where he would have a lot of success because you have two great players on the wing, and then you have a great backcourt 
with Luca. I don't because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown they need the ball. They need the ball a lot. Too, yeah, yeah. They I didn't need, look at that. I, I didn't think about the that. basketball. And right. he tried to play with Porzingis and it didn't work. It didn't work with yeah, Porzingis. Yeah. And, and Porzingis, look what he's doing over there in Washington. He's having a great season. So I mean, again, yeah. it's, it's a question, Luca, that he can't play with other superstars. Not, not like I'm. A, I'm gonna give you one who I think he could play with because he doesn't need the ball to be effective at That's all. Paul George. No, you're right. I think Paul George. I think Paul George. He can play with Paul George. Mm-hmm. Paul George doesn't really need the ball to be effective. If you want to run him off screens and stuff like that, he mm-hmm. you can do that with him. So he's a guy that don't really mm-hmm. actually need the ball. He don't. He's a guy that don't actually need the ball. He can play off the ball with those other guys. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They're already trying to figure out between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is Jalen Brown is going to get up out of there, He's go out and get his own team. So there's already questions about that. But those two guys, they need the ball in their hands to actually do what they have to do. What they have to do. And Porzingis supposed to come over there and be the lifesaver for Luka, and it didn't work out because Porzingis didn't have the ball in his hands a lot for him to be effective. Now he's over there in Washington with Brad Beal. He's over there being as effective. I just think uh Luca, he needs his own team. He just cannot have another stud on his team. And just get shooters around him. Get three and D defenders around him. Cause you gotta have a defense. You gotta have defense. He can't play defense himself. So you gotta compromise him with three and D guys and, and put some deep put some defensive players around him. Yeah. Yeah you definitely gotta compromise him with some shooters. That's for sure. Uh, yep. Marie says Celtics play defense wrong place for Luca. Celtics do play defense. They're uh their third ranked defensive team, I believe, in the league. So yeah, they do play defense pretty well, which is why uh people was talking about how impressive Joel Embiid was in last night's performance because that came against a very good defensive team. And yep. the Celtics, too, they they were shorthanded last night. They didn't have Robert Williams, they didn't have Jalen Brown. So they yep. were missing a few of their key guys. But uh, when they get those guys back, for sure, the Celtics are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. No question about it. But, man, yeah. we kind of ran out of time here. Uh, it was a great show. I know the Lakers are going into the fourth quarter. And hopefully yep. they don't give me a damn heart attack. <laughs> I'm reading some tweets right now. I'm reading some tweets right now. Uh, this, one, this, one, this one girl says on Twitter, the Lakers don't deserve to go to any form of, of the playoffs. Um, another another person tweets, and this is funny. You, you're going to laugh at this one. You're going to get a kick out of this one. Okay, maybe the Lakers' comeback was fake. And, and here's another one. Here's another tweet. The only reason the Lakers aren't winning right now is because they've missed seven free throws. See, that's ridiculous. And haven't been able to capitalize on enough Clipper turnovers. Clippers, 13 turnovers. Lakers, 9 points. Lakers, 12 turnovers. Clippers mm-hmm. got 16 points. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Flat out ridiculous. You know what? I'm telling you, this. let me tell you something about this Lakers team. What's up, Desmond? What's up, Desmond? Thanks for, thanks for joining. Thanks for watching the show. Really appreciate it. Let me tell you something about this Lakers team. This Lakers team play with your emotions, okay? They play with your heart. You know, one minute is encouraging. The next minute is discouraging. One minute you believe. The next minute 
you sitting there doubting yourself. Like, damn, is this Laker team for real? Or are they a complete joke? And tonight they look like a joke. Last night they looked like they they last night they they looked like a, a team that you could believe in. You know, last night they had you as they had you being a firm believer. Tonight they have you being a doubter. <laughs> that's, that's the Lakers. That's the Lakers. But Maurice, they shouldn't be losing to this damn Clipper team, man. They should be taking care of business. And half of the people in the damn building, I know it's on the Clippers floor, but half of the people in the damn building are wearing Laker jerseys, purple and gold. So it feels like a damn home game. And the Lakers are like crap. And then I had a fan earlier tell me that it's time to let go of LeBron. See, people, people, man, people are, are saying things. They're out there putting things on the internet because they're tired. Getting tired of this Laker team. Because again, one minute they play through emotions, one minute they're 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 there's optimism, the next minute they're all hope is lost. <laughs> all hope is lost. Uh yeah, speaking of Lakers, they down by 20 right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in the fourth quarter. How nice is that, right? <laughs> yep. And this type of loss is gonna be very deflating. <laughs> this is the type of loss that could just end your entire season. <laughs> man, oh, man, oh man, I tell you. <laughs> I tell you, the Lakers are are a piece of work, man. They are a piece of work. They are really a piece of work, man. I tell you, man, this team going one day give me a heart attack for real. <laughs> This is the night. This is the night that I want to throw my remote at the TV. <laughs> oh my good. He said somebody oh, check oh. up. <laughs> hey, he a Laker fan too, Maurice. A Laker fan. You, you know what? You know what, Maurice? I think I'm gonna check on Freddie. I think I'm gonna, <laughs> I think I'm gonna check on Freddie. I think I'm gonna check on Freddie. Hey, Maurice says Freddie the good try to check on him. I'm gonna I'm I'm have to give him. I'm gonna have to give him a check. I'm gonna have to give him. I'm gonna have to give him a ring. I'm gonna give him a phone call. See how he's doing. See how he's doing. Cause he been awfully quiet tonight. So I know he must be. He must be shaking his head like. Hey, hey, man, hey, man. hey tell Freddie. Is, is it gonna be a topic about the Lakers on the morning show tomorrow? Is it gonna be a topic? So knowing Freddie, knowing Freddie, <laughs> yes, it will. Desmond says he's a Nuggets fan. Man, the Nuggets look good. They look good. This is this is this is Jokic's chance right here to show the world that he can win an NBA championship. And they have the pieces to do it. They really do. It's a it's a fun team to watch. I like watching the Nuggets, actually. Be honest. They're actually better than the Lakers. You could be thankful for that. Man. But uh, but man, we we uh we we went for an hour. Uh, the show has finally reached uh, the one-hour mark, and guys, I'm I'm gonna have to wrap it up here. It's been great chatting with you, go with you guys tonight. Uh, thanks to Desmond, Maurice, 
uh, uh, my OKC fan, I can't pronounce his name. I don't want to pronounce it wrong. Yeah. So you just call him R. Cool. It's R. I just call him all R. Cool. R. Cool. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's uh, yeah. Thank, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We really appreciate it. Uh, <clears throat> um, you guys know where you guys can find me. If you guys want to uh, keep up with my content, you guys can find me on my YouTube channel. Yeah. I have a YouTube channel. Just look up the Sports Judge and like and subscribe to the channel. And you guys can also find my fan page on Facebook, The Sports Judge. Uh, like and follow there as well. And you guys can find me on, on TikTok, The Sports Judge 85. You guys can find me on Instagram, Sports Judge 85. Uh, you guys know where you guys can reach me at any time. And we'll be back on Wednesday night. I mean, uh, tonight is Wednesday. I'm tripping. Uh, we'll, yeah. be back. we'll be back Friday night. Uh, with another episode of the Judges Sports Corner right here with my guy, Coach. Coach Dante is always in the building with me, and we'll be back Friday with more great stuff, more great uh, sports commentaries for you. Uh, Coach, any final thoughts? Any final thoughts, man? We winded down, man. We After tonight, we will have two games left. Each team will have two games left, and we in the playoff mode. We got no NCAA now, so we now baseball just kicking back up to high gear. We just got baseball back. Yep. But now the main focus is NBA down the stretch and playoff time. So, again, um, like I said, thank you so much for having me always on, man. And I'm just glad to do, do work with you, man. And anybody on the Empire Sports Network, I'm glad to work with you all. It's always a pleasure. It's always fun. It's always fun working with the great people over here at this network. It's always fun entertaining our viewers and our audience. Thanks, Maurice, again. Appreciate it. Uh, we we glad that you enjoy the show. Um, you know, um, but we'll talk very soon, everyone. Uh, we are checking out of the building. You guys have a, a good night. Be safe. Stay positive and do great things. See you guys on Friday.